Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. It says, take us the foxes, the little foxes. Somebody say, the little foxes. The little ones. Not, not, not the great big noisy ones, but the little ones. That spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. In Spanish, the translation is a little different. It says, hunt the little foxes. So it, it, it implies something different. Not just taking them, but go after them. Capture them get them do what you have to but hunt them because they spoil the vine and the vines have tender grapes and I want to preach with the title the little foxes the little foxes put your Bible aside and let's pray Jesus we thank you because you're here God because you have moved in us God because you've given us a new opportunity to receive your word we ask you this morning Jesus to open up our hearts and our understanding our minds God remove Whatever distraction, God, whatever thought, Father, whatever feeling, anything that can stand in the way of the flow of your spirit and your word, God, and do a new work in us. We're here with expectancy in our hearts. In the name of Jesus. Will you say with me? In the name of Jesus. Come on, say that name one more time. In the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. And look at your neighbor before you sit down. Tell them, watch the little foxes. Watch the little foxes. You may see you may be seated. I want to tell you a story of once a young man that was walking in a park with his grandfather. And the father turned to the young man and said, you see that dying sycamore tree? He said, there was a time when it was just as great as every other tree in this park. It was a time where it was a place for recreation. It was a place for shade. It was a place uh, that, that, that was filled with life. But from that giant tree, what came and what, what, what caused its present state was a small worm. He said, two years ago, I noticed that this healthy tree was just like every other. And there was but a small worm, about three inches long, that was at the base and beginning to burrow a hole in its bark. At the moment, he said, you know what? I'm just going to leave it in peace. It's just a little worm, and it's a humongous tree. Why not give it a place to stay? Well, time passed, and the next year, he came back to that tree, and all of a sudden, he noticed that the leaves began to fall a little earlier than what they should have fallen. And then he came back another year, and the tree began to look even more unhealthy and and more sickly. And one year later, imagine what happened. The tree was completely dead. It was rotten, it was ruined, and it was lost. It's not necessary for uh, something large to come in and interrupt what God wants to do in your life. It's not necessary for something big and noisy and showy to come in and derail you from the path that God has you set on. This man said that it didn't take much but just a small worm 
The lesson in this tree was just that little worm was enough to ruin an entire powerful tree. He said it wasn't necessary to come on a, on a telescope. Has anybody ever looked through a telescope? It's not necessary to come in and break the lens or to throw paint over that lens to block your view of the, scar, of the stars. All I have to do is come and breathe over that lens. And the humidity from my breath will block your view from the heavens. Something small, something insignificant is enough to separate you from what God wants to do in your life. Just a little hole in the boat will stink the entire ship. A small defect in a cause will derail the entire movement in such a way that something small can quite literally close the gates of heaven and open the gates of hell. Even if the scorpion is small, he can bring down a lion. Matthew 5.28 says that whatsoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, he hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. What the scripture is saying is that you don't have to touch and you don't have to do and you don't have to say, but a very small thing, an insignificant thought, just a passing thing that is just, is just normal, Brother Daniel, is enough to take you to a committed sin. It continues and says, And if your right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. In other words, the little things matter. Look at somebody right now and tell them the little things matter. The scripture says if my right eye is a cause for me to fall, it's better to pluck it out and be a one-eyed man dancing into heaven than to keep and hold on to that little thing and find myself in hell. Oh, we didn't come ready to talk about this, but God has sent me all the way from Point Arena to tell you the little things matter. Galatians 5.9 says, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. It takes a little bit of the world. It takes a little bit of sin. It takes something you think is insignificant, something you think is just normal in this society to take you beyond what you thought was possible, further than you intended. Oh, your intentions and your thoughts and your hopes are not enough brother sister the bible says that the heart is desperately wicked so whenever the world tells you oh just follow your heart just go and do what you feel is right just go with 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 uh, all of those feelings and those those opinions brother sister i'm here to tell you that's a lie from hell your flesh will take you to nothing good and godly your heart will take you to nothing holy it's time for us to get on our knees it's time for us to open up a bible it's time for us to say god search me if there's anything god if there's anything little jesus transform it inside of me lest that leaven be enough to send me to hell the little foxes I looked through the scripture and found examples of foxes and significance in each example. And I wanted to share with you this morning. The writers 
uh, as Solomon uh, considered the fox to be a destructive animal. Has anybody here ever seen a fox? They're cute, right? They look like little puppies. They got their little ears sticking up. They look curious and they look like, man, I could take one of those home and, you know, be my, be my pet. Train them to do, do something. I don't know. They catch and guard my house or something. But there's a reason you don't see a fox in a house. There's a reason for that age-old saying, don't let the fox into the hen house. There are guard dogs, right? Man's best friend. They defend and they... Any, any dog lovers here? I love dogs. Don't talk to me about cats. I'm not a cat person. I, don't, I won't go in that. <laughs> but I love dogs. <laughs> but you'll never see a fox guarding a house, guarding a hen house, or guarding anything because it's in their nature to be destructive. If you get a fox and you put him to guard your hen house, we all know what a hen house is, right? It's where you keep the chickens, right? He may look at you and he may seem all right, but you go to sleep and I guarantee you, you'll wake up to a disaster. You'll eat up them chickens. There'll be feathers flying all over the place. There'll be destruction. The writer knew this. He knew that they could destroy valuable things. In many cultures, the fox represents cunning and secrets and tricks. The enemy that the scripture is describing here is not obvious and noisy. And I'm not here to talk to you about the obvious things. I'm here to talk to you about the subtle things, the quiet things, the things that nobody knows about you but God. The things that nobody sees at the church. The things that you don't even show at school or at work. The things that are, are personal. Genesis 3.1 talks about the serpent being cunning. There's something about that attribute that, it has, that, 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 that makes the enemy so dangerous. Whenever the, the, uh, 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 the, the, the woman, when Eve was in the perfection of the Garden of Eden, I bet you in everything that uh, uh, the, the, the serpent didn't come and start yelling, Eve, over here, I got something to tell you. And she didn't yell, even though God said, oh, I bet you it was, hey, Eve, what you doing? You busy? Oh, I know it's late, but I, I, let's talk a little bit. I'm getting into somebody's house today. The serpent was subtle. He was cunning. And it took those small steps, those little conversations that condemned us all to death. Brother, sister, the little things matter. It's the things that we see as just passing and unimportant that many times ruin the things of value. Failure and defeat, backsliding and divorce, betrayal, giving up does not happen overnight. Can I tell you that it happens little by little. The valuable things are lost little 
by little. But as the scripture says, oh, we've got to take up, or I like the Spanish translation better, you've got to hunt those little foxes. Brother, sister, you've got to love what God has given you enough to fight for it today. You've got to love your family and your salvation and your relationship and your holiness. You've got to love your peace. You've got to love that Holy Ghost that dwells inside of you enough to say, I'm not going to leave room for a fox. I'm not going to leave room for a serpent. I'm not going to let anything get in my way. Nothing will derail me. The Bible says that hunt them, destroy them for they destroy the vineyard. You got to sit back and refuse to lose. You got to refuse to allow the enemy to come in and take it up. Some of us have been so lackadaisical. Some of us have been so passive saying, oh, well, it just happened. No, brother, sister, you have the victory. Why? Because Jesus won it all. Oh, the Bible says, oh, Jesus said, in the world you will have affliction. Oh, but don't you worry. Oh, mama, don't you worry. Dad, don't you worry. Brother, sister, don't you worry. I have overcome the world. Brother, sister, stand up. Take your place. Huh? Oh, get a conviction in your spirit. Oh, you got to get that anointing inside of you and say, I will not lose my salvation. I will not lose my brother, my sister, my son, my daughter. I will not lose. Why? Because he is with me. If you believe that, clap your hands in this place. As we read that scripture, can we put that up there? Song of Solomon 2.15, it says, Take us the little foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines. For our vines have tender grapes. That, that, that part, tender grapes, really captured my attention and I began to study and look. And the first uh, meaning for tender grapes that I found was first fruits. Everybody gives their first fruits, right? We all give a... Tithe and offering first fruits, it's important that we give that, give that offering unto the Lord. But these were the first fruits of the vine. They were called the tender grapes. It's a reference to first fruits, but not necessarily in something that we give an offering. It's something a little bit deeper. They represent the first fruits of the spirit that exists inside of us. Now, if you go with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 22, it says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also. So not only the creation groans and travails and cries out, but we also ourselves, which have, we have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting, listen to this, for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. In texts and concordances, the scripture mentions first fruits of the Spirit is a reference to Jesus Christ Himself. That through His resurrection, He is the first fruits of humanity. Creation groans and travails and cries out. But not only creation, but we ourselves. And why? We cry out for the moment of the redemption of our bodies. It's to say we cry out for the day that our Savior comes to meet us in the clouds. 
I don't know if you forgot why we're in this place. I don't know if you forgot why we come dressed up on a Sunday morning even if we're tired. I don't know if you forgot why we sing and we shout and we hear a word. But brother and sister, I'm going to heaven. That's why I pray. That's why I fast. That's why I dance. That's why I seek after him because I'm going to heaven. The Bible says that we groan for that day, for that moment that we are adopted, that we are snatched up in all the destruction of this world, in all the pain, in all the tears you've cried, in all the sickness that you've carried. Oh, and all the difficulty that you've gone through is left behind. Oh, and we meet our Savior in the heavens, and we get to see him face to face. Brother, sister, I don't know if you forgot this, but one day we're going to be face to face with our creator. One day I'm going to hear those beautiful songs oh one day I'm going to praise his holy name I'm going to see his face I'm going to glorify the king yes hallelujah so 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 we go back to the scripture these tender grapes represent a hope his holy spirit the joy that one day we will be face to face with our creator are you capturing where it's going? He's saying, you better watch those foxes. You better hunt them. You better remove them. Why? Because they destroy the hope of redemption. They destroy the pathway to heaven. They destroy your salvation. Brother and sister, the little things are important. The message for God from God today is about the impact of the influences in your life. The impact of the little things that you think are insignificant. They can change your trajectory for all of eternity. Wake up, church. Pay attention. The hour is late. This is is the time God is coming soon oh Oh, I don't know. I know we don't preach about the end times very often. We want to just feel good and feel nice and get a little bit of hope. But brother and sister, don't forget, we are in the end times. We are in the last days. And the enemy wants nothing more than in the fourth quarter, in the last minute, at the last chance, right when we can almost touch it, for somebody to get distracted by a little thing, for somebody to slip up on a little thing, for somebody to, to think, oh, oh, to think they're saved, but one day be rejected and pushed away because they never knew God brother and sister oh I can't wait oh for that day when I'm called to that heavenly palace to that new Jerusalem but we have to wake up and understand the enemy of your soul isn't coming obvious anymore he's slipping you little things he's putting a little thought oh he's making it socially acceptable oh but as a church we got to stand up and say no oh what I have is more important where I'm going is more valuable if I can sacrifice today I'll have a reward forever brother and sister that is our hope that is our joy in the name of Jesus yes and the second thing I found was that those tender grapes represent faith look at your neighbor and say faith 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of the things not seen. Sometimes we come to this place and we're like, oh, well, you know, my favorite song or my favorite singer or my pastor or this or that, or something visible in the economy, this, and the gas prices, that. Brother, sister, all of that is passing and temporary. I don't know if you've, you've made plans to stick around here, but, brother, this place is not my home. This place is not your home. We're just pilgrims passing through. We're just on a journey to a heavenly palace. Oh, brother, sister, I don't know if you forgot. Oh, but hey, don't, 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 don't worry about the government. Don't worry about society. Don't worry about all that looks from bad to worse. We are not staying here. We're not staying here. Get yourself ready because we're going to heaven. Come on, if you rejoice in that, clap your hands. We're going to heaven. And, and it's like that faith has like been a little lukewarm lately. Not here. Here, y'all are full of faith. This is a faithful church. I'm talking about Oakland, all right? Man, I struggle with them people. Those young people in Oakland, oh, gosh. <laughs> These tender groups represent a small faith, a little faith, a trembling faith. You know, I would love to tell you that all faith starts big as a mountain, that it starts big as an oak tree, that all faith starts, you know, like this tremendous thing that can move mountains. But many times you come into the house of God with just a, a little mustard seed of faith. Oh, but you begin to hear the word of God. And the Bible says faith cometh through hearing the word of God. Oh, and you take that little mustard seed and you put it with some word. And you put it with some prayer. Oh, and a little bit of fasting. And a little bit of praising God. And suddenly it begins to grow. That seed can grow. It can reach its perfect place and fulfill its perfect timing and purpose. Because as the scripture says, if you would have faith like a mustard seed. It's not necessarily saying that, hey, just have a little faith to get yourself over the finish line. It's just saying, have a little bit of faith to get yourself started. Because that mustard seed becomes one of the biggest trees in all of creation. Right? So I believe when Jesus was saying, hey, if you have just a little bit of faith, if you just start with a little bit of faith, if you would just say, all right, God, I can't see it. I don't know the solution. I, I can't see a way forward, but I'm just going to believe right now. I got just a little bit of faith. And you bring that before God, brother, sister. That becomes something bigger. That becomes something greater. That becomes something that can move the mountains in front of you, brother, sister. Oh, we have to be watchful. Oh, we have to be wary. Oh. Oh, we have to be hunting all those little foxes. Why? Because if you feel yourself a little short of faith, start to search within your life. Start to search within your social media. Start to search within your channels. Oh, brother, sister, don't let the little fox come in and destroy the faith that God has put inside of you. It's never overnight that you end up with no faith. It's never overnight that you end up skeptical of everything the preacher says. It happens with little things. Passing conversations. And just, oh, Brother Daniel, but that song was from when I was growing up. And just, ooh, that just, just hits me. It reminds me of home. I'm not going to go into all these. I'll let your pastor pastor. But you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. It's important. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's important. 
Another fox that I found was in Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 3. It says, Thus saith the Lord God, Woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit. Look at this description. It says, Woe unto the foolish prophets. So there are prophets and then there are foolish prophets. There's a church within the church, brother and sister. Come on, not everybody that comes and, 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 and puts on a nice Pentecostal tie, throws some gel in. There's something. He says, woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Wait a minute, but a prophet sees things, right? But they're following their own spirit and they see nothing. O Israel, thy prophets are like the foxes in the deserts. Huh. Ye have not gone up into the gaps, neither have you made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. Ezekiel's talking about another fox that's not interested in constructing or building, but in creating chaos. I'm alarmed to see such a deconstructionist movement throughout our generation. You may or may not have heard of this, but if you haven't, thank God for that. If you have, be careful. Be careful with those that have no interest in building the kingdom, but in creating chaos and deconstructing and tearing down. They have the spirit of lies that take us to destruction. They bring confusion to those that leave room. And they bring ruin to themselves. They're creatures that are cunning, that dwell in the ruins of destroyed cities. It's a spirit, brother, sister. They revel in the destruction of the church. They revel in the chaos that they create. Not happy only with their own destruction, but they need to pull somebody else. And they veil it with lies. They veil it with interest and oh, with a empathy and a burden. But the walls, the, 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 the foundational walls of doctrine and, and of holiness, all of our foundations were built not to shut us in, but to defend us from external enemies. Again, I'm not going to pastor. You got your pastor. He will talk to you about your doctrinal foundation and your holiness foundation and everything that identifies you as what you are. And I'm here to tell you, from the eldest to the youngest, this is not a wall to cage you in. It is a wall to defend, to defend you from your enemies. I'm not talking about the world. I'm not talking about people. I'm not talking about flesh and blood. I'm talking about the enemy of your soul. And the foxes that are being talked about here have never stood on the breach. They've never stood in the gap. They've never defended the walls. They've never been in battle. But they're always the first ones to question, the first ones to bring doubt, the first ones to criticize the church. Come on, first ones to criticize the pastor, first ones to kick somebody when they're down, first ones so that when you're going through something, they say, oh, you see, you don't belong there. You should go over here. I know I'm not talking to anybody here, but I, I'm warning you for when those voices come. The Bible, the, the, the Lord say, woe unto you foolish prophets. 
You follow your own spirit and see nothing. You've never stood in the gap. You've never made up a hedge. You've never stood in battle in the day of the Lord. Be careful with the spirit. Be careful with this fox. Because when you allow it into your life, when you allow these friends into your life, they begin to sow seeds of destruction and seeds of discord. But by their fruits shall you know them. Brother, sister, I don't know what you go through, what you hear, uh, um, uh, what you've heard. Oh, but I'm here to tell you, be careful with these little foxes. Do not entertain a chaos spirit in your life. Do not entertain a gossiping spirit in your life. Do not entertain a deconstructionist spirit. Young people, do not entertain. Entertain those spirits. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. In other words, if you're speaking death, you're eating death. If you're speaking destruction, you're eating destruction. Man, I, I, I've known some people that love their gossip with a side of coffee and a little bit of bread. They were like, oh, really? Tell me, brother. Let me get comfortable. Let me hear something. Oh, we got to rebuke that spirit. We got to rebuke all of that. <laughs> so quick to judge and quick to question and quick to criticize. But they've never stood in the gap. They've never fought a battle for a soul. They've never bent their knees. Brother, sister, by their fruits, you're going to know who exactly they are. You don't have to look very far. You can tell a fox from a dog. You can tell a fox from anything else. They're clear as day. But be careful. And then he continues. Uh, verse 8, 13.8. Ezekiel 13.8. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God. Because ye have spoken vanity. Come on, he's speaking to somebody in our generation. You have spoken vanity and seen lies. You're not seeing prophecy. You're seeing lies. Therefore, behold, I am against you, saith the Lord God. Oh, this is dangerous. Oh, entertaining these spirits is dangerous, brother, sister. Let me tell you, entertaining those little foxes is not just a little conversation. It's not just a little thing. It's not just opening up your mind. No, doing that is dangerous. Why? Because it's vanity, it's lies, and it puts God against you. I don't know about you, but I don't want God against me. I don't know about you, but I want to keep singing. If God be for me, who can be against me? If God is on my side, if I'm full of his anointing and his spirit, nothing in hell can stop me. Don't surrender. Don't open to one of those fox spirits, those destructive spirits in your life. They're just trying to bring destruction to the walls that God has placed in your life. Solomon said... That we should hunt them, that we should search them out, that we should destroy them, that we should remove them. And now God is saying that he is against them. Brother, sister, it's not a little thing. It's a big thing. It's an important thing. It's something that can mean life or death for you, for your family, for your future. It's not small. It's important. It's time for us to hunt those things that are trying to destroy what God has established in your life. I feel compelled in my spirit to speak to somebody today. God wants life for you. 
God wants peace for you. He wants salvation for you. But the convenient, twisted version of the world is always going to come in a microwave style. It will never have an immediate price, but eventually it takes us to hell. Today God has called me to wake somebody up. It's time to cut off those conversations. It's time to cut off those people. It's time to cut off those habits. It's time to reject. It's time to hunt. It's time to search. It's time to pay attention, church. Oh, come on, lift up your hands right now. The Lord is speaking right now. In the name of Jesus, God, you are here. God, you are speaking to your people. Oh, God, you are speaking to your church. There's a man, there's a woman right now that is receiving this right now. Yes, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. You may be seated. I got one example. In. We're just going to open this altar and let God move. In Luke 13.31, this is a powerful one. This is powerful. Luke 13.31. The same day there came certain of the Pharisees saying unto him, they're talking to Jesus here, get thee out and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. Oh, I love my Lord. I love the authority of Jesus Christ. Because look at his response to Herod's threat. Because he said, you better leave, because Herod's going to kill you. In verse 32, he says, go and tell that fox. <laughs> the devil thinks he's a lion. But we serve the Lion of Judah. <laughs> the devil thinks he's a, he's a tiger to come and get you. But Jesus says, you know what? Tell that little fox. Huh? Tell that pretender. That imitator. That fallen angel. You go tell him. Behold, I cast out devils. I do cure. I heal today and tomorrow. And the third day I shall be perfected. The enemy was telling him, it's time for you to get out of here. I don't want you to preach. I don't want you to do anything. And if you don't, I'm going to kill you. And Jesus said, look here, little fox. Not only am I not going to go anywhere, but I'm going to cast a few devils out. I'm going to heal a few people. And then I'm going to be perfected. The perfected, he's speaking about crucifixion. He's speaking about salvation. So he's saying, I'm going to cast out devils. I'm going to heal a few people. And I'm going to save a whole lot of people. Oh, I love the response our God has to any threat of the enemy. Brother, sister, you can't be intimidated by this world. You can't be intimidated by what the society is changing. Some of us are in a little closet trying to be closet Pentecostals and closet Christians. Oh, and closet saved. And Oh, I can't speak too much about this and about that. When the enemy comes to you saying, I'm going to kill you, you better get out of here. You got to say, you know what, you little fox? Not only am I not going anywhere, huh? but in the name of Jesus, we're going to start casting out a few devils in the name of Jesus we're going to start laying hands and seeing people healed in the name of Jesus we're going to be baptizing we're going to see a few people saved this is your time church do not be intimidated do not turn back this is the hour
Come on, if you believe that, clap your hands. Yes, this is our time. Herod is always a symbol of the devil, always. Uh, and the enemy of God is always coming up against him from his birth. Remember, he sought him out to kill him, but the enemy couldn't stop him then. In his, in his carnal and sinful nature, this man was always a conflict with Jesus and always against his disciples. But let me tell you, the will of God cannot be stopped. Uh, the enemy cannot stop him. Oh, the devil cannot hold it back. The only thing that can hold it back is you. Look at your neighbor and tell him you're the only thing. Come on, tell him you're the only thing. Tell him the devil can't stop it. Oh, any demon that comes up from hell can't stop it. Society can't stop it. God's will will be done if we are willing. When Jesus, let me tell you a little background. When Jesus was going to Jerusalem, uh, uh, knowing that they were going to crucify him, uh, but Herod wanted to kill him and he couldn't kill him. Why? There was a purpose. Uh, there was a will that could not be held back. In the beginning of Jesus' ministry, there was a multitude that was angry in Galilee and they wanted to finish him, but they couldn't stop him there. Why? There was a purpose. There was a design. Uh, oh, whenever, whenever the scripture says that the prophet could not die but in Jerusalem, it's telling us that he had a purpose, he had a design, and nothing could stop it. Brother, sister, nothing could stop the design God has for your life. If the devil could have killed you, he would have done it already. Some of us wake up scared of the boogeyman. Some of us wake up scared that the devil's going to come and grab you in your legs. And everything. If he could have, he would have. But you've got a destiny inside of you. You've got an anointing and a spirit inside of you. And no matter what he tries to send, no matter the fox that he sends your way, brother, Brother, sister, nothing can stop you. Nothing can hold it back. Oh, I want to fill somebody with conviction today. Somebody get filled with faith today so that the next time a little fox comes, it tries to threaten your life and your family. Somebody comes up and tries to threaten your ministry. You say, hey, look here, you little fox. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to go away. I'm going to do more. I'm going to get on my knees right now. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to lay some hands on some people. You thought I was doing something before? Watch me now. Watch what I'm going to do in the name of Jesus. There is no threat. There is no enemy that can influence or dissuade or remove the purpose in your life. I'm closing with this. You can stay standing. Everybody stay standing. We're about to, you can, we're about to come to an altar right now. In Psalms 2-4, this is what I love about my God. He is so powerful. It's so great to be on the winning side. Anybody like to be on the winning side? Huh? Praise God. It's so great to be on the winning side. That's why I root for the Warriors. That was extra. That was extra. Give an organ over there now. But it's so good to root for the winning side, to be on the winning side, to know, hey, look, the victory is mine already. It gives you kind of this whole other sense of confidence. Sometimes you forget that. The enemy comes to try to distract you with a little fox, and you're over there like, oh, well, I wonder, well, I wonder. Stop wondering. You are called. You are chosen. God is with you. Let me tell you a little bit about your God, Psalms 
Oh, this ought to get you excited. Look at this. He says, he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. Oh, I love my God. I can just imagine him up there sitting in his throne, <laughs> just, cra just cracking up. What are you worried about? You're over here bawling, snot-nosed and worried. Oh, the government and the, the, the society and, and this and that in California. But he that's on the throne is laughing. The Lord shall have them in derision. It says, then he shall speak. Hold on, let's go back. Do you know what derision means? I'm glad you asked. It means to make fun of. He laughs and he makes fun of them. It's comedy. It's comedy. This takes me to Elijah, right? Elijah was so confident that he was looking at the other guys and being like, hey, maybe your God can't hear. Shout a little louder. Maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he can't see. Maybe, you know, there's a, there's a confidence that comes. I'm not talking about arrogance. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about walking around thinking we're better than the rest of the world. No, 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 no. I'm talking about a confidence in who you are and who you believed in. The Bible says that he's on his throne laughing and making fun of the enemy. Then he, then shall he speak unto them in his wrath. Mm. He's going to speak on your behalf. He's going to speak to those enemies that you thought could take you out and take you down and derail your life. Huh. God is first laughing saying, what is this little guy? Look at the little, little fox. What is he? What is this? And then he stands to speak. And when God speaks, you better, you better watch it because with a word, all of creation was made. He said, let there be light. And boom, there was light. All of creation, you look around, with the word of God. So this isn't some little thing. He says, he shall speak unto them in his wrath. There's a conviction behind that. There's an authority behind that. He said, and vex them in his sore displeasure. Those are strong words. So first you laugh and joke and say, oh, they're funny. Then he's going to speak on your behalf. And his wrath is going to move. And he will destroy those with his displeasure. And he's not talking about people. He's talking about the enemy of your soul. This is all powerful and this is all great and good and I'm excited and I praise God for who he is and all that he does. But the capacity to be separated from all of this exists in the beginning. We can go Song of Solomon 2.15. Take unto us the foxes, the little foxes, say the little foxes, that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. There's faith, there's anointing, there's salvation, there's a connection to God, there's power, there's all of these things that you have access to. But it's the insignificant things, it's the small things. It's the small things that take you to a place of destruction. I want to open up this altar, not for, for somebody to come and go, oh, I'm sorry, no, 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 but somebody who can come with an honest and open heart and say, Lord God, search me. I don't want the little things to remove me. I don't want 
the things that I think are insignificant to suddenly derail me from your path. I don't want to one day find myself so far from you that I've got no faith. So far that I've got no salvation. So far that I've torn down the walls of my holiness, the walls of our doctrine. Will you come to this altar? Will you come to this altar with an open heart and your open mind and just lift up your hands and surrender and say, God, 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 I'm here, Father, I'm here, God. I'm here, Lord Jesus, to, to, before it's too late, it's not too late. If you're here hearing, God is speaking to you. Today is the day. This is the time. This is the moment. Come and search through. Come and hunt those things. Come and find and remove them. Come on, that's it, that's it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God, search me. Oh, take these little things, God. Oh, take these little Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.